You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus. You can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of More Than a White Man's Game, a baseball podcast on the House of L Network. I am your host, Maddie Lee. And today is going to be all White Sox. And not just an overarching White Sox theme. I wanted to dive into one specific question slash angle. So, to give a little background first. Obviously... Great time to talk about the White Sox because they're in their stretch run. They added at the deadline to an already pretty formidable squad and pitching staff. They're getting guys back from injury. Really exciting time for the organization, for that fan base. But I started thinking a little more about this topic that, of course, I'd heard about coming in. And that is the national media's relationship with the Sox. Namely, that I'd heard a lot about the Sox not getting the attention that they deserve from the national media. And I think at first I kind of just brushed it off as like, yeah, lots of fan bases think that their team deserves more attention that they get than they get. But then around Crosstown and with a couple uh, more current examples, I started talking to more people about this concept and seeing things pop up even while the White Sox are clearly a favorite in the division and, you know, really pushing for a championship here. And so I wanted to not just acknowledge this discussion topic, but I also wanted to explore kind of what that dynamic between both the Sox and the national media and the Sox and their crosstown rival, the Cubs, 
what those dynamics can do and how they can shape a fan base and a team and kind of the aura around the team. And so on Thursday, I called up two different experts to give two different perspectives, really, on this topic. The first is Lamont Pope, who wonderful beat writer covering the White Sox for the Chicago Tribune. I started laying the groundwork back during All-Star to make sure that I could get him on this podcast at some point. Conned him into it. It was successful. But he's going to give us the perspective from someone who covers the team. And then I also called Tony Gill, who I'm sure you guys know from multiple podcasts in this network. He is also my coworker at NBC Sports Chicago, does an amazing job as our podcast producer there. He's coming in to give the perspective as a White Sox fan. Of course, not the White Sox fan perspective, right? His own perspective as a White Sox fan. But I thought it was important to get, you know, the different... There are obviously a lot of different people who have opinions on this, who have kind of a different angle into it. But I wanted to get both those dynamics into this discussion. I'm so glad I did because they both brought up both perspectives and separate topics within the broader discussion than I had thought about and then also than I had talked with the other one about. So it's a good one for sure. We cover a lot under this umbrella of the White Sox and the national media. So we'll kick things off now with Lamont. Lamont, thanks so much for joining me. I'm stoked to talk about socks with you. I feel like we have too much of a Cubs presence every week with me here, and uh, it's time to even the tables a little bit. <laughs> Thank you for having me, Maddie. Anytime, for sure. Of course. Well, I want to start with, as we're diving in to the question of the socks and national coverage etc. I want to start with this quote that I'm actually going to read out of your story from earlier this year, which kind of pertains, it was early on, but dives into kind of this crosstown question. You might know which one I'm talking about from Liam Hendricks. Liam Hendricks, yes. (laughs) (laughs) And he says, I feel like we have to take four steps to get any sort of national recognition while our crosstown rivals just have to put together one game and they'll get on it. First of all, do you agree with what he's saying there? And if so, why do you think that's the case? Yeah, let's let's start with a little bit of a background. I, I, I believe that was right around the time. It might have been actually the day after um, Javier Baez did his uh, run back yes. <laughs> in Pittsburgh, and so so of course that's good. That's going to get a lot of attention, right? I mean, it was such For a like un- 
<laughs> so, so, so you know, I mean, it's like, like, you know, we, I don't even remember how the what what, I, what the question was prompted or how the question was prompted because, like you said, it was so early in the season. It wasn't as if uh, the Cubs Sox series was right around the corner. Um, but, but someone did bring bring that up, and and you know, when when he first said it, I was like. Because he also did it in the context of well, I played in Oakland and we were the we were the little brothers to the Giants. Um, so he was so he was also kind of coming from the perspective of, you know, I've I've been there. I know what it's like. You know, I I think he actually said, you know, I embrace that. We I embrace that role. I like having that little underdog, that little chip on my shoulder uh, to do it. And he also brought that up again uh, on Thursday at the. Um, Field of Dreams game, you know, that was brought on back, you know, just kind of being in that, that national spotlight. Um, and and he, he referenced what he said earlier, what we're talking about right now. Um, I mean, I, 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 I understand what he's saying, um, um, but I, I, I do believe that there's an opportunity, nationally at least, with the way obviously things have, you know, the fire cell that happened on the north side um, and the way that the, this team is playing, and the and the characters that they have as well. You know, the, not only the talent, but also the personalities. Um, that there's going to be the opportunity for uh, this ball club to have you know, more of a national spotlight, more of a national shine. Um, obviously, you're seeing we're seeing that a little bit more, right? You know, we were both at, at the All Star game. Who was the last person that that we talked to? Liam, right? And and so like, and he was uh, court. And, <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Right. And, and it wasn't, you know, it was us. It was uh, uh, USA Today was there. Uh, you know, Jason Stark from The Athletic was there. So, so it wasn't, you know, so, so there was, there was national presence at, at that all-star game, you know, with, with, with Liam and his, you know, not only, not only getting the save, but, but his other antics as well, as well that were involved with that. Right. Um, so, so, so we're, so we're starting to see that. And obviously, uh, you know, someone like, like Tim Anderson being, being on that stage, Thursday is a perfect example. Um, you know, obviously, it was going to be the show. It was one of the showcase events. Everyone knew going on into it. Um, you, know, you, have the, you have the Yankees there, um, and uh, and you have the first place Sox. As, as Kevin Costner said, he's got you've got the what do you, how do you, how do you phrase it? You got the first place White Sox cheer. And you've got the New York Yankees. You know? <laughs> so, yeah. Well, first I was wondering, well, how long is it going to take Kevin to kind of get to where he's got? You know, he he milked that for for his first name basis, me and Kevin Costner. Of course. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know that. Um, so so being on that stage and um, and and then producing and having the game that that team that they had, you know, not only not only winning in the way that they won, um, but all the stars really shining on through. Jose Abreu hitting a home run. Eloy Jimenez hitting a three-run home run. Um, and then obviously Tim Anderson coming on through in the dramatic fashion that he did. Um, and you know, and having, having someone like Liam, who uh, who was really like the, the lead cheerleader, the lead promoter of the of the event um, from, the, from the player's perspective. I mean, he, he did a... Um, did a press conference or a Zoom on, on Monday leading up to it. He did two uh, media sessions on game day. He did like did a little gaggle on the field, and then he did the actual um, the, the official one in, in the media room, uh, in the interview room, and then um, and then he actually talked to Fox during the game. 
So, so, so when you when you when you have <laughs> people like that, that are smoother than than the last time when he was, yep, yeah, yeah. a little <laughs> little better. Yes, <laughs> maybe they knew they knew to have the delay. <laughs> <laughs> so, so when you have characters like that, and when you have personalities like that, and when you have and when you have the talent that they have on top of it, you know, there's there's that opportunity to you know shine a little bit more on that national stage. Yeah. When, when you look at traditionally, right, between there, there are a lot of famous examples of, you know, ESPN forgetting about their World Series or um, Ben Verlander caused quite the stir on the Fox side, forgetting <laughs> to put the White Sox in the top 10. I mean, when you, when you look at examples like that, um, and then obviously there's always been, you know, the, some hype around the Cubs, even when they're maybe not performing as well. Is it as simple as saying like, you know, the Cubs had WGN who broadcast their games for years nationwide and that drummed up a national fan base or, or is there another element there? Yeah. Well, first I'm I'm glad you brought up uh, Ben. It's like uh, the, the Fox portion. It's like, we're talking about power ranking. It's a power ranking. Calm down. He forgot. I mean, you know, I mean, you know, I mean, should he have forgotten? No, but you know, but, also, but it would have been the backlash would have been a much different tenor if, like, a woman had forgotten oh, about the stocks. Yeah. So that's oh. an entirely different <laughs> discussion. Ain't that the truth? Yes. <laughs> um, and well, let me look. Let me kind of. Uh, let me kind of throw it back at you a little bit. So, like growing up on on the West Coast, you know, out out in Seattle, um, like what was sort of like your sort of introduction? You know, when it came to how often did you did you hear about the White Sox? Yeah, practically never. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, growing up was a Mariners fan, and then you know, the Cubs were just such a big presence and and Wrigley Field. But yeah, I mean, even as someone who was watching, you know, who was more tuned into the American League, Mm -hmm. growing up in an American League town, the Cubs were very much more on my radar than the White Sox. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So yeah, you know, um, and and so you brought up the WGN thing. And and that's always, I mean, I think that's a valid point. Even, even here, um, yeah, there's there a period of time when I was young, well, when I was really young, uh, the Sox games were on something called Sports Vision, um, and, which was essentially like a little little bit of a preview of, of, of pay-per-view. And my, my grandpa got it. Um, and so, so like if, if I wanted to watch a Sox game, you know, we, we'd have to go over there to, to watch it on, on Sports Vision. I mean, again, I was, I was way too young and, and I was probably asleep by the time the game started at seven o'clock. And so, 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 so there wasn't really a whole lot of, a lot of that, but, but you know, the, 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 the draw of, you know, WGN having games on after, you know, having to play during the afternoon at home, you know, uh, since they didn't have the lights until 88, um, so, so it was something where, like, if you for a kid, you know, you, you get back home and you count the last, you know, you count the last couple innings of of, of the game there. Um, and but I do remember when they first, uh, when the Sox first got to, I think it was like, I think it's called Sports Channel. I can't remember the 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 names of at that time. Um, but 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 like, you know, having the opportunity to to, to see, uh, you know, uh, 
see the team, uh, see, you know, listen to, to, to Hawk Harrelson and uh, Kim Pachorek. Um, yeah, you know, like, like there's there's a like a, a new sort of excitement because because again, you know, I'd sort of been, you know, for for so long it was the the Cubs, it was the Braves on TBS, uh, the the Mets were on WOR, and so so it was mostly you know from the national perspective when when you're when you had those type of teams, it was those those were the three teams that had that sort of uh, superstition. Um, national type type of draw, um, and so, so 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 even locally, getting the Sox on, um, I'll say Sports Channel, but I can't again. I sorry, I don't remember exactly what it was. Um, yeah, and, and having that opportunity to, to watch them on a day to day basis was was something that kind of locally, even for me, was something that was very exciting. Um, so from that from that national perspective, yeah, I, I do believe that there was always something that you know that was you know you have not only the team. Yeah, the '84 team, uh, the '89 team. Uh, you have Harry. Um, so, so, so when the team was bad, you, you at least would be able to listen to to, to Harry and, and Steve. And so, um, so, so that was a draw. You know, same same thing with with the Braves. I mean, the Braves were always bad when when I was when I was growing on up. And but but it was still it's like there's a ball game on, and, and you get the chance to. Uh, to listen to, to Skip Carey and 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 everything else, and so 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 yeah, you know, the, the, that that you know, that, there's a reason why the Braves are a big draw, or you know, have a, have a huge fan base. Um, there's a reason why the Cubs have that huge fan base, um, and and so so there's a little bit more of that appeal from it. It really wasn't until obviously when like um, you know, the Sox sort of did the change. Um, you know, the good guys wear black, and mm-hmm. and and they and, you know they, they switched up the uniforms. Um, you know that the hat became very popular, um, and and so that 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 was something that kind of, you know, that that sort of uh, reboot sort of you know boosted their image from that standpoint from from a national perspective. Yeah, it, it wasn't really the play on the field; it wasn't the actual people watching the games, but it, but it was sort of this you know it was the branding. It was re, you know the rebrand really really worked from that perspective, and and wearing the Sox hat became became really cool. Um, and, and that became more of a more of a thing that you see, you know, across the country, different people wearing wearing the Sox hats from from that perspective. But the games themselves, uh, when, when you when you first thought about it, you know, it was, it was from the national perspective. Yeah, it was a majority of the time the Cubs there. Right. Yeah. I mean, as we're going through this, and as we you know make fun of the Benton Verlander uh, incident. There, there very much is still this sense of a chip on the shoulder, whether it's because of things happening now or the history that we just went over. What do you think, what kind of impact have you seen that, how have we seen that reflected on the team themselves? And, you know, we talked about, uh, about Hendrix's quote, but just overall this group. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's it's an appeal, it's an opportunity. For, I, I think that they, you know they recognize they're, they're going to go out and do their business, you know, go out and and play on a day to day basis. Yeah, when you add someone like uh, Tony La Russa to the mix, that's gonna that's gonna drum up national interest. I mean, it was. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it was uh, even before you know all of everything that's happened this season. Um, you know, it was it was a surprise pick, right? You know, here, here Hall of Famer. Um, you know, I remember when, you know, um, Bob Nightingale of USA Today first first mentioned that that was a possibility. I'm thinking, oh, 
I don't know about that. So I, 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 I wrote. I'm <laughs> just. A lot of people. <laughs> it wasn't just a handful. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I remember like writing something up. Uh, it, it had a pretty long piece, you know, maybe uh, a day or, or two after, um, you know, just sort of retelling a little bit of his history, you know, his first, his first game with the Sox, um, you know, the, the, the separation. Um, and then, and then I think the last thing was like the the reunion, you know, the reunion question mark. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember just kind of going on through it, and, and and but then when it happened, it was like, yeah, you know, I mean, again, it was it was such a you know, it's it's a national it, it it's a national story. Um, so so right off the bat, you know, coming from a team that you know made its first playoff appearance um, uh, since two uh, since twenty two thousand eight. Um, first winning season since 2012 um and and for them they have to have you know that, that stage you know they, they played the the early games <laughs> during that playoff series and so so you know that, that's a little you know, you know that, that's again that, that's something that might put a little bit of a, of a chip on the player's shoulders like you know hey you know, they, you know uh being put, put in put in that time slot and then then the way that the series played on out you know the winning the first game the way that Gilito pitched so well um, you know, uh, losing game two and then then losing game three. Uh, but you know, someone like Tim Anderson performing really well during that series, I think nine hits, um, sort of set the stage. You know, uh, kind of kind of was a little bit of a preview for, for what we're seeing this season. Uh, you add in a Tony LaRusso, that's going to drum up some interest, uh, you know, uh, positive and, and also some, you know, some, a, lot, from a wide range of, 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 of perspectives that, that were given with, with the hiring. Um, and then kind way to put it. <laughs> I, I try to be kind. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, uh, and, and then you get to the season itself and, um, and then you know, all the, all of the injuries, you know, you, you lose Eloy. Eloy is such a, um, He's he's you know his talent is through the roof, um, and you know he obviously he needs to still work on on fielding, but but his his bat I mean and I, I feel bad sometimes I call him sometimes I refer to him as a slugger he's not I mean he, he I mean sure he's he's got tremendous power he can and he can go left to right you know just just wherever and take the ball out and to, and hit it a mile but he is a tremendous hitter like like he like he he'll go with a pit like he just 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 a tremendous pure hitter um so 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 just so calling him a slugger i think is a little bit of is underrating him because because his his all-around uh skills when he's in the box are tremendous plus on top of it you know he's such a ham (laughs) (laughs) personalities (laughs) you know he loves it like right he has this new thing um um with with uh with the crowd pregame so so like he'll you know they're doing everyone's doing their stretches so he'll turn to the crowd He'll jump up and point to the sky, and the crowd will start cheering, going crazy. And then he'll then he'll turn back around, do a little stretch, then ju- they'll turn back around, and then do it again. Like and, and the crowd goes nuts. And so, so you know, he 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 loves the fans. Um, you know, he, you know, obviously, the, you know, hi mom and um, 
uh, and, and his interactions with, with, with Vinny, uh, what a mustache. Um, yeah, so, 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 you know, so he, he enjoys his interactions with us. He enjoys his interactions with the fans. Um, and, and most importantly, from the White Sox perspective, He's a he's a heck of a ball player. Um, so see 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 add someone like that in the mix. Um, yeah, add, and but then but then you lose them. I guess I was getting back back on back on track. So, <laughs> so you lose them. You lose them during spring training, um, and and you're not sure how long you know the you know the, the prognosis is going to be a long lengthy uh, recovery. So you lose him off the bat. Uh, you you lose, then you lose perhaps your most you know your most talented player in, uh, in Luis Robert, um, in that freak accident, or in that freak incident running the first base. And, and he's silent. So, so right off the bat, you know, you lose two thirds of your outfield and you lose, you know, probably your best all around talented player and your, your best, and perhaps your best pure hitter as well. You know, so, so the, you take those two out of the lineup. So if you would have told me, you know, you're, you're going to play a chunk of the season without Eloy, without Luis, um, I, I would have been like, well, the twins are certainly running away with this division, right? <laughs> you know? So, so the fight, right? <laughs> no, I, I would have been way wrong. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I would have said the exact same thing as as things were unfolding to start the season. I was like, oh man, that sucks because they looked primed to be so good, too bad. And then, like you said, they proved me wrong. Yeah, I mean, they, they, they you know, they, like, yeah. You know, you, you get like someone like a uh, Billy Hamilton to hit home runs in back-to-back games for the first time since I think 2014. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's just it's like magical things like that. You know, uh, you're, you're plugging in uh, Andrew Vaughn, who who's going to possibly be your DH, uh, but you, you you say here, go on. Yeah, you know, he's he's a natural first baseman, and you say here, go out and play left field, and and he, and he looks like a natural out there. You know, he looks like someone. Uh, he looks like a he looks like a left fielder. Um, he's 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 really played uh, a very good left field for the team, uh, and uh, you know now they have him out in right field sometimes when, with Eloy back. Um, and he made, you know made a couple of couple of those plays on that Sunday night game against the Cubs. Um, so and then you, you know, same thing with like a Jake Lamb. You, it's like you, he's, here's someone as a natural infielder. Just go, go on go on out and, and play left field in the major leagues. <laughs> <laughs> And 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 they and they really haven't and they haven't you know and they haven't skipped a beat as as a team as a, as a whole you know you have Brian Goodwin uh, you know who was uh, you know joins you know, they, who they brought who they signed immediately after Luis went down um, and and he comes on up you know first his first game with the Sox five RBIs you know the the, the game the first game there in Wrigley um, you know he, he he subs on in as a pitch runner. Um, and then he eventually hits the, the, the go-ahead home, the go-ahead two-run home run, leading off the bottom, of, the top of the tent. <laughs> still, still, some, I, I think I guess what, what we were told, what we were told in, uh, in while we we're in Denver, that that's probably going to go away. You know, the, the tenth inning rule, right? Um, but yeah, but so still, but I'm still kind of getting used to the, the, the lead-off two-run home run. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah, uh, that that sounds wrong, and yet. <laughs> So so yeah, so it's been all these contributions from uh, from throughout the throughout the board on top of on top of guys like Tim and on top of guys like uh, uh, Jose. Um, yeah, yeah, that's the funny thing. Yeah, I mean, Tim Anderson, 2019 Bay champ. Uh, Jose Abreu, 
in VP, and it's and, and now we're and we're just getting to those guys in the discussion, right? We haven't even discussed the pitching as well. It's it's that's been lights out. So. Right, which is deep. So yeah, the, the talent's through the roof, and the and the personalities are through the roof, and that that's the right combination for uh, uh, for a team to kind of gain some more of that national attention. Yeah, and it seems like like you said with with the um, the game in the corn. <laughs> <laughs> So many corn jokes. Um, yeah, between the Field of Dreams game and and them, you know, going being in the stretch run now, maybe some of that is is starting to catch on. But what was it like for you in the beginning of the season when you're covering all these great storylines, whether it's you know coming them overcoming injuries or you know all these great personalities that you just mentioned, and it seems like the things that kept catching fire were all just like Tony LaRusa controversy. Well, I mean, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's kind of what to be expected, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, like, like, <laughs> you know, when, you, when you have someone who, again, uh, was a, a surprise hiring, um, you know, to say the least, uh, um, the, the, the attention that's going to, you know, that's going to be brought to it is going to be tenfold. And so every single thing, every single step along the way, um, you know the the, uh, the 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 situation in Cincinnati where um, where you didn't know that that William or that you could substitute for a pitch run for for uh, for a pitcher. Um, uh, you know, I, I give him credit for for you know some some people. Oh, you know, we you know they, it might have tried to try to uh, smooth it on out and, and try to try to play it off like oh well, you know. But he but he was really he was upfront about it. He was like I. I didn't know the rule. I just I didn't know. Um, but even, you know, before that, there was a situation in uh, uh, Seattle. Uh, Matt Foster um, gave up a bunch of runs in relief. They they, they lost a game. Uh, I think they were leading four one, and then they, and they, and they lost that game. And 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 again, he you know he was like he came on into the the uh, into the Zoom and and right up there, he's like like that loss is on me. So 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 things of that nature, uh, right off the bat. Coming on off of, I think, you know, one thing that, you know, um, the, one of the off-season stories was the DUI. Um, and, and so, um, so, so there, there wasn't a situation where, or right off the bat where, or where I never, where I never felt like where, you know, well, I'm, I'm a Hall of Famer. I know what's right. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, you know my, my, it, my way is the only way. I, I, I've never gotten that sense uh, from from the beginning um, of covering him uh, this season, um, but but yeah, the the the, the self inflicted um, storylines like the 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 Mercedes one. I mean that that was a story like I what so so you know they're they're, they're blowing out the Twins. Um, Mercedes is that bad? You know the, the the Twins have a position player on the mound. He lobs one in, home run. The place the place like like like. Being there, yeah, you know, I mean, it's like you know, it's like it's one line in my story. Like you know, that's it. Like one line at the at the you know, and 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 so uh, so you know, I wake up the next day and you know, I get on Twitter and I see the the twins uh, announcers are about it, and it's like you know, I, I, but I understand it. It's you know, they're, they're the home, yeah, you know, it's the home team's crew. Um, you know, that that's that, that's their right to go ahead and be like, I you know, tisk tisk about it. Um, but I'm like, okay, yeah, you know, I'm I'm not I'm not writing about it. 
and I, you know, I, the, the Twins announcers are upset about it. Okay, that, let, let that be our Twitter thing. Um, and then uh, I think you know, we, it was one of those first. I think it might have been the first series in which we were able to actually go on down and talk to the players. Uh, still, you know, like we're in the stands and they're they're on the field. Right. And that was the, the awkward, <laughs> yeah, where it's just giant like mesh with giant holes and separating you two and you're like yeah sure this seems <laughs> <Let's make sense>. <laughs> <laughs> to- totally protected you <laughs> uh so i think that was the first series in which 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 we were able to get on down there so so i had a couple of interviews lined on that um and and but they but they made your mean available and he and he spoke and so but again, yeah, you know, you're mean. You know, I'm gonna, you're mean being your mean. Yeah, you know, that's like, you know, that's that's what he likes to say. It's fine. Uh, boy, we, now we know what that means. Um, uh, so we get done with your mean, and and Tony gets on, and then he says what he says, and it's like, now this is a story. Yeah. It's like it went from you know. Um, you know, like again, it was like a little small little thing that you know. When, when your mean talked, I was like, okay, I can kind of just do a little thing about your mean reaction, home home run. But that's that, that's it. But then, but then it but then it became a, a big deal because of because of because what Tony said. And I was like, again, that, that was a situation. It's like it's a self-inflicted sort of situation where 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 they they, they it didn't have to be a thing, then it became a thing. Um, and so, the fuel yeah. of of the some of the uh, pushback from his original hire too, and it, yeah, yeah, that's I mean that's that's a great point because it, you know because it seemed like uh, it, you know and, and then and then the player you know the players obviously uh, you know Tim right off the bat sticking on up for uh, Yermaine as well, um, but but he but he also you know he also did it in a way that that it didn't uh, bury. Um, Tony Larissa. So, 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 so he, you know, he, 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 Tim was Tim. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, and, 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 but, but yeah, but it was a situation where so many of those storylines, you're, you're right, right off the bat, uh, dealt with, um, dealt with Tony and, and the, and the fact that the team was able to kind of, um, navigate through those and still kind of keep the focus on playing and playing well says a lot about uh the group of, of players that they have there in that locker room yeah it would be it would be it also it would also be a little more interesting as well yeah you know, this this is one of those those situations where uh us not being in the clubhouse on a day-to-day basis you know you know so so we're so we're kind of you know it's, it's gotten a little bit better obviously right with with yep. having the chance to get on down onto the field and 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 to actually have have the face-to-face conversations from from that perspective uh but but it's still not the the same as as being in that clubhouse um and and having the full 40 or five minutes or whatever to 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 kind of just to talk and and to go you know go beyond the actual let's let's just do this interview and get it over with or whatever right. uh so 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 you know so it would have been really interesting to to be in there to kind of get that added dynamic of of how especially during that period of time uh how, how everything was handled and how they were able to kind of navigate on through it and and be where they are right now with with a tremendous lead there in the uh in the, in the central division 
Yeah, because that could have easily been a turning point in the other way if, you know, Tony had lost the locker room, for example. And, um, yeah, it could have gone up in flames right there. But these guys are resilient. Yeah, yeah, in, in, in more ways than one. I mean, it's just the, 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 they just sort of brush off any sort of story that comes along and then they and then resilient from the, as we talked about earlier, with the injuries as well. It, but it, it helps when you have, uh, a pitching staff with Lance Lynn and Carlos Rodon doing what Carlos was, was doing, and um, uh, and, you know, I mean, you know, Lucas is and Luke, you know, Lucas, and you know, just just when you have three guys and Lucas, Dallas, and Lynn going into the season that were they received Cy Young votes last year, um, you knew it was going to be the potential for that staff was going to be there, but to have Carlos Rodon do what he's what he's been able to do at a consistent level. Yeah, he had a great spring, um, and then the, the no hitter. Obviously, you know the near, near perfect game uh, slash you know, being the no hitter uh, was tremendous, a tremendous accomplishment for him. But then to be able to c- carry it on over, earn an All Star uh, selection, and and to have this consistency throughout the season, it's been something else to watch as well. You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow. <laughs> I could really use Current. <laughs> I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. So we've talked about the White Sox kind of gaining a little bit of that national recognition. And the Cubs are a bunch of I get constantly get messages like 90% of my messages on Twitter now are, or I guess my mentions are, who is that? (laughs) (laughs) Never heard of this man before. So the Cubs, a lot of, um, are introducing a lot of new players Mm -hmm. to the league and to the fan base. Do you think you know, with the media landscape shifting from what we talked about earlier uh, in terms of it, you know, mostly being either team or regional networks, you know, in addition to obviously the national networks picking up uh, select games and then the Cubs and the White Sox going in opposite directions in terms of competitive windows. Do you think it's possible for the White Sox to kind of catch up to the Cubs in terms of national recognition? Uh, probably <laughs> not. <laughs> when, when you have a, when you have like a, a 20, uh, you know, when, 
you have a, a huge lead, it's 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 tough to to catch on up, right? Yeah, like like a, um, yeah, it's it's it, 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 yeah. I'll, I'll 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 I was trying to think of a uh, of a, a metaphor, but. But but it wasn't but it wasn't coming out right. So uh. <laughs> yeah, they've got like they're up by like fifteen in the third. <laughs> uh, so but 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 what you know what can happen um, again if, if if the team does have a a lengthy uh, postseason run. Um, yeah, obviously yeah we, we've 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 mentioned the corn game a couple times, um, and uh, I love how Tony 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 called it that the other day. It was like, well, you know that. I can't remember. I can't remember what he was referencing. It was like, yeah, yeah, out in the corn game, and it's like, all right, that's what I'm calling it from now on. <laughs> um, uh, the 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 ratings for that were spectacular, right? You know, the, I think Fox said that it was the highest rated uh, regular season game uh, in si- 16 years, um, and yeah, obviously, part of that's just the uniqueness of the event um the, the way the game turned out you know people i mean people were able to people you know were were tuned on in from first pitch to the last pitch so so glad that uh um yeah the, the, there's there's a moment in, in the ninth inning you know since all the interviews the first time this year in which we were able actually going to have interviews in an interview room not via zoom um so top of the ninth happens or top of the ninth, you know we get to the top of the ninth and I'm like, well, you know, it's it's a little bit of a distance. You, know, you got the crowd. It's like, all right, well, should I? When should I head on down to 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 to, to do to get to the interview room? I'm like, well, I'm, I'm there. It's me and Vinny. We're there, and it's like, well, okay, so I'm, I'm I'm gonna stay. I'm like, you know what? I'll stay too. Just yeah, you know, like, we can we can we can navigate through the crowd. We can you know you know because you're thinking, oh, we we got our mask. Yeah, you know it's it's you know it, um you know just just. Wear your mask and just kind of work on work your way in through that. So that's that, so I was like, you know what, we're here. It's it's all it's the uh, Field of Dreams game. Let's let's go ahead and you know you, let's play it out to the to the end. And I'm glad glad we did right. <laughs> like being able to witness you know the the you know boom boom from from Judge and Stanton. Um, uh, and then so like you know I had one version of of a, of a quick story that was you know ready to go and then. Uh, and then, and then the Yankees take the lead, and so I'm like, bleep, bleep, bleep. <laughs> and then I, you know, so so I rewrote it where, you know, uh, some along the lines of, you know, wasn't a Hollywood ending for the Sox, blah blah blah. Hendricks, you know, gave up the the, the two bombs in the ninth, and then you know, Sebi gets on, and 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 Benny actually called it. He was like, ah, what what if uh, what if Anderson goes deep here? And like almost as soon as he said it, boom! I'm like, oh. like so, bleep, bleep, bleep. You know, Hollywood. You know, just well, actually, that that was easier. I was able to just say it was a Hollywood ending for the song. So it was like, all right, well, that that play that worked out well. Um, so what was the question? Uh, <laughs> oh, if if they can catch up to the cup. Oh, yes. but I'm just picturing the panic that you would have had to go through if you were walking down to the interview room. Oh. The Yankees' original comeback. Oh, I mean, uh, it would have been like, like the the roar from the crowd, like after the if, if after, 
the you know after after the judge home run it would have been one thing it would have been like kind of is like should i just run back up but then if it would have happened after the stanton one i would have i would have been kicking myself <laughs> i would have like it would have been like i would have been like i can't believe i'm i'm walking down and and that and that happens um uh so yeah so so luckily luckily you know luckily we stayed luckily we saw it all happen and, and we're able to kind of uh take take it all in um but yeah, the, the, the you know the ratings were were phenomenal for the game, um, um, and and like I said, yeah, it has a little bit to do obviously with the uniqueness of the event, the way the game unfolded, um, um, but but it's also an opportunity, uh, you know, for, for for those guys to kind of take that take that next step, to take that you know, it, it's 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 a uh, it's a sign that that there is interest. And that and, and that the, and that these players you know can can be a draw on on that sort of stage. Um, so so it'll be really interesting just to see uh, if there is a lengthy uh, postseason run. Um, just just how much more of, of an interest can that can that draw on up from that perspective. So so yeah, that'll, that'll be worth worth monitoring from from that national perspective. You know, just just how much more uh, um, you know how how many more bandwagon fans can. Join on in to 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 start rooting for for the team, um, but but yeah, it, it, there's a long there's a long long way to go for for any team. I mean, you know, not, not only the Sox, but just yeah. I mean, the, the Cubs are 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 one of those as you know. I mean, the Cubs are one of those brands like the uh, Yankees and Dodgers and uh, yeah, they they have they they have Braves. They 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 have that that national appeal that that that's going to be really it, it's it's really tough to, to join that group. Yeah. Right, like I'm, try, I'm trying to think. Uh, I'm trying to think. You know, like like the last kind of team that can kind of you know, I you know, forgot the Red, Red Sox as well. I don't want to, want to you know, Yankee fans. No, go Red Sox. I want to forget those Red Sox fans as well. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, so I'm trying to think of, of 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 one of those type of teams that that was able to kind of uh, you know have that sustained sort of you know arrival and then and then and then and then be there so so i'll have to think about that for the, for the next time that you have me on perfect <laughs> yeah. well and then i feel like speaking to that is right the white sox got the corn game um after being a centerpiece of this movie and going on a really good run um you know they were looking prompt it was supposed to be last year but they were you know promising fun group uh and uh now the Cubs are getting it for next year, yeah. <laughs> and it's like we don't—we have no idea what that team's going to look like. It's not going to be as bad as they are right now. No offense to the players who are playing their heart outs, but they just had a twelve-game losing streak, um, so it won't look like it does now. But it's not the same as. No, yeah, I mean it was—it was going to be a tough act to follow. Who, uh, whatever teams were going to be there, um, you know, because of just just the originality of it. I mean, yeah, I mean they're they're not going to drag you know, Kevin. Yeah, you know, they're not going to have Todd come back out there again, right? I mean, you know, he's like he's he's like I'm I'm a, I'm one and done. You know, I, <laughs> I, I I I did my little press conference. I you know I you know wandered through aimlessly for like five minutes. Photos. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so. Uh, so, um, you know, maybe, I mean, maybe, maybe they can get, uh, you know, uh, I, 
one one of the other. I'll be very kind. Maybe they can get one of the other actors to, to appear. Um, but but again, you're not you're not going to get Kevin Costner to, to come on back. Um, or I'd be surprised. I just say if, if they can get Kevin Costner to come on back. Um, but just you know the uniqueness of of the the scene set, setting. You know the players walking on through the uh, through the corn maze to cornfield to to get onto the field before the game. It was just it was just a really cool uh setting from from the beginning really original and and sort of kind of have that sort of see and then for the game to unfold the way the game unfolded um you know on top of it i think i had a line in one of the stories it's like you know manford said there's going to be a second game but you know there's no way that there, it's going to be almost impossible for the sequel to live up to this original so um that, that's that's going to be the case with with you know again if you know the fact that the cubs are in the position position that they're in right now, um, yeah. It, 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 but even if they were, um, you know, kind of at that full strength and full capacity, it, it was going to be regardless. It was going to be really tough for that next set of teams to come on in there to kind of uh, duplicate what we saw there uh, a week ago today. <laughs> Indeed. Um, any parting thoughts before I let you go? Um, well, you know, it's it, it's just been, you know, from from a reporter's perspective, obviously, it's just been a fascinating. See, there's 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 it seems to be there's something new every single night, even even last night, right? You, you get Lance Lynn, um, you know, um, getting ejected in the fourth inning for tossing his belt back no. onto the field. Uh, you know, when, when the umpires and then, and then <laughs> saying it afterwards, I guess I hurt his feelings. <laughs> but, you know, but again, just, just, again, that, 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 just, that, that, that speaks to what we've been speaking to, just, just the, the, the amount of personalities and characters that, that, that this, uh, that this team has. Um, uh, there seems to be something new every single day that kind of kind of pops on up with this with this ball club um, that that from the beat writer's perspective obviously gives us plenty to uh, to monitor and to follow on a day to day basis. But but from the, the national perspective as well, I mean it, it's something that can kind of create interest and kind of can create that that buzz. Um, and so so it'll be really interesting just to see how how you know a lot of people are like, well, they've got this really comfortable lead in the in the central they, they can kind of they um but if you're the Sox, you want to be in a position to to to, to have these have as much of have as many home games as possible so 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 they can't kind of put you know kind of take that pedal off the gas because particularly if you remember last year where they 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 stumbled down the stretch and and then they went into the playoffs and and it was a sort of short uh short stay for the team so so you know the, the big thing, state you know, the, you know the, the, the Grandal's down in AAA now, getting healthy. It seems like he'll be that that final sort of piece. Then they'll, they'll be at full strength for the first time. A fully operational uh, White Sox team it could be a very dangerous team yeah. come October. For sure. Well, that's a perfect note to wrap this up on. Thank you so much for joining me for this. Thanks, Maddie. I really appreciate This was a lot of fun. I really, really, really had a, had a blast and uh, like to do it any single, anytime. Go ahead and uh, get in touch and we'll do it again. Yeah, I'll take you up on that. <laughs> All right. Now that we have heard from the beat writer, it's time to hear from the fan. 
Drum roll for the Tony Gill. All right, Tony, thank you so much for joining me as our resident White Sox fan here for this episode. Really appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. I was uh, looking forward to joining more than a white man's game since I, as you know, am not a white man. Uh, (laughs) So I'm really excited about this experience today. This is news to me. (laughs) 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 Yeah, I mean, that that happens to me a lot. Like, you know, you don't even think about it. Like uh, the White Sox broadcast team on the radio side, Mm-hmm. Um is Connor McKnight, uh less uh less Lynn Casper and uh DJ. Yeah. Not I know DJ, which I I don't know how Len is making that transition because that's very confusing to go from D, <laughs> from JD to DJ. Yeah, yeah. And and it's so weird because like I used to work the Cubs radio broadcast all the time for like the last like three years of my uh well before I started working at NBC. So hearing him now on White Sox calls is like so weird to me still because I'm so used to hearing him doing Cubs. Yeah. Yeah, because it was oh, I wish I knew off the top of my head how long that he'd done Cubs, but he was a, a staple. Yeah. Yeah, when you hear Cubs television, oh, you're ready to hear Lynn Casper. And yeah. now it's not that. <laughs> well, thrilled to have you on. Uh, wish I should, I've been wanting to have you on earlier, but got to find the right lane to unleash the Tony Gill. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure a lot of our listeners know you from uh, various other House of L works. But I'm really excited to just dive into your full White Sox fandom. Mm -hmm. I feel like I'm kind of playing catch up here because coming from outside of the city and then going straight into covering Cubs, I don't think I fully grasped kind of the relationship between White Sox and the national media and specifically White Sox fans and the national media. And then just like did a very cursory Google search of like White Sox snubs. Bam. So many things came up between um, all of the, you know, ESPN forgetting about the most recent world series mm-hmm. in Chicago baseball multiple yep. times Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, I was here for the whole Ben Verlander, Fox Sports, just forgetting to put the White Sox in his top 10 in his power rankings earlier mm-hmm. this month. I mean, for you as a White Sox fan, like, how do you take those things as they come? Like, have you gotten used to it yet? Like, how, how do you digest all of it? Yeah, uh, you just to get used to it. I mean, it's just once you accept that you are a White Sox fan, you also accept the fact that the rest of the nation does not care about you like whatsoever, Uh, at least the mainstream uh, American population just does not care about the White Sox. Um, It's a small market team in a large market. And that usually doesn't happen, right? You got all these teams in like cities with multiple teams, the Yankees and the Mets. Like, of course, the Yankees are the big team, but 
the Mets are also a big team. <laughs> you know, um, and there's you can go across you know the board of multiple cities, multiple teams. It's the dynamic in Chicago in terms of the two baseball teams is so skewed to one direction. Um, not BTS, One Direction. <laughs> <laughs> um, that it's you just get used to just okay. Well, wherever I'm at, there's going to be a Cubs fan somewhere, even if I'm on the South Side there's a lot of Cubs fandom everywhere. And it's just simple. They were on TV. <laughs> they were on TV first and they were on national TV first. And that's how you grew the audience. And before people actually realized how impactful that was, everybody was a Cub or a Brave or a Yankee fan. And and that's, that's what happened. Yeah. I mean, I've talked with a lot of Cubs guys about how influential WGN <laughs> available everywhere. I don't know why that was so hard. <laughs> Being available everywhere like really helped boost, especially like our generation. There's mm-hmm. so many of us uh, people our age who across the country grew up watching them. Their fan, their parents were Cubs fans. It's being passed on. Now that that's not the case, right? That mm-hmm. we're all a, you know, we work for a regional sports network. That's a lot of what it's either teams um, with their own networks, putting their team, their own teams on there or regional sports networks mm-hmm. broadcasting those teams. Do you see it flipping perhaps, or being a more level playing field with these next generations now that that's, shifting um it will have to be whoever gets aggressive with streaming and you know watching games on apps and you know wherever the audience is i think will impact like the more i know people discuss and talk about how powerful being on tv first was but i still think it's understated about how powerful that is that when broadcasting sports games live was becoming a thing, if you were the first, again, I don't even think they knew how powerful it was going to be because that's, you're starting off multiple generations. And it wasn't just like one, it was like multiple generations of, well, this is what I came home to. So this was on TV. So this is what it was. And then you pass that down and then that gets passed down. And then that keeps going. It's like a, you know, uh, I don't know. Like what, what do you call the snow when it comes down? Snowball. Or, yeah, snowball. An avalanche. Yeah, I don't know why I cannot remember. <laughs> talking way bigger than the snowball effect. Avalanche effect. I mean, it was, it was an avalanche effect by the time, like, teams were like, oh, wait, we can make money off this? Oh, we can grow fan bases with this? By that time, the, the ball had already been rolling. So um, I guess it could, but we won't see that effect until, you know, 20 years, 50 years down the line, because now everybody is on TV. So everybody has an equal opportunity to be, find a fan somewhere where they're not, you know, locally living at. Um, so it's, I'm, I don't think it will have the, the same impact as those early days of sports broadcasting. But um, now you, you, on top of, making sure everybody can see you or a lot of people can see you, you also have to be good for a, a long stretches of, of time where it's not, 
it's not just the easy part of you're just on TV. Like, no, you also need to get their attention as well. Right. As a White Sox fan, having accepted the fact that you're not going to get as much attention as Cubs nationally, I mean, what was that? How does that affect your fandom? How does that affect the type of fan that you are? Oh, it makes it stronger. You know, like every, you know what I'm saying? Everybody loves an underdog type thing. But you're the cool underdog. And there's like a a subculture uh, generated from that. And I think it stems from, you know, the the black and white. Like, it's just a cool kind of mix of non-colors, you know, versus the, is a start. All right, it's a it's a stark difference from that bright red and blue on the north side. Like, no, this is a counterculture type team that I'm rooting for. This is the underground team. This is, you know, the uh, uh, the team that you love because everybody hates them or everybody forgets them. It, it it's a small fan base, but it's a strong fan base that supports. Uh, their team because nobody wants them in the spotlight. That's what it feels like. I mean, with the amount of snubs on ESPN, people forgetting that they won, like, you know, the, the 2005 World Series and, you know, people referencing, like, oh, nobody watched that World, <laughs> World Series, <laughs> you know, which, I mean, nobody didn't. But still, like, it's it's special to the South Side just because, like, nobody wants us to be there. But we're here now, baby. Let's go. Yeah. If we're talking about the better team in Chicago, it is very clear at this point <laughs> the opposite directions that, that these two teams are going. Um, we talked off the air when I pitched you coming on here about your layers of fandom. Will you break that break break down the onion? <laughs> yeah. So um we just mentioned just how small the overall fan base is for the White Sox. Um, But in terms of my love and my connection to the White Sox, it's, it's even deeper uh, than that where um, there's so many places in the city that gets promotion and look at this part of the city in terms of the national audience. And for baseball, it's like the Cubs, it's the North side, it's downtown. Um, and it's all the nice things of Chicago that, you know, we all love, but that's not the Chicago that I'm from. Um, I am from, you know, Inglewood, West Inglewood area. That's where I was born and raised. Um, and there's not a lot of things that come out of there that people want to promote or people want to show off, uh, to the world. And it's just like recently that, you know, Chance the Rapper, like Big Mensa, Kanye West, like people coming from the South side, making names for themselves um, and having a team that represents that specific area was important to me because now it's like, okay, I'm kind of being heard, you know, on a, on a national level, like the bulls, it's an overall city thing. The bears, it's an overall city thing, but the white Sox is specifically for the people that are on the South side of Chicago the place where they show off on the news as, you know, one of the worst places, you know, in, you know, in America. And um, you, you take a little pride in that. Like, no, that's where I'm from. That's, that's what made me. That's who I am as an individual. And the White Sox on the South Side uh, represent that for me. And then on top of that, 
Now we have Tim Anderson, mm -hmm. who is from the area similar where he's from in Alabama, that I'm from in Inglewood and in West Inglewood area that speak like first we had Derrick Rose. He was our like instant connecting point. Obviously we have a lot of basketball players, but in terms of baseball, I don't think there's ever been a person that connects to the black White Sox fan like Tim Anderson did. And of course we have Frank, we had many other uh, black players um, on the White Sox, but for me in my generation specifically, Tim Anderson truly represents that part of Chicago that doesn't get talked about and doesn't get represented well. And Tim constantly is giving back to that specific area. He knows the group that he's helping and he knows the group that he's representing. Um, the Washington Post, I think, put out a piece like yesterday about Tim Anderson not, you know, following the rules. And I read that whole thing and I'm like, yes, yes, this is exactly uh, what Tim Anderson is. And it's, it, again, a representation of, specifically the black white Sox fan and it, it's being brash and outspoken and loud and and being the best that you can be and letting your opponent and other people know no i worked hard to get here and it's just a, a great representation in the embodiment of tim anderson of the black white Sox fan that i think is growing the fan base on the south side as well yeah i think one of those early quotes and like the lead from that story was um black as black can be i'm real as real can be yeah <laughs> yeah i mean it, i was like facts like, i mean as, as as you know you know the demographics of you know the average baseball watcher like i mean it's it's not young and black it's just not uh, uh have that person wearing those colors or non-colors, black and white aren't colors, uh, but but wearing that uniform, helping create a uniform, you know, for the South Side that represents the South Side. I think it's it's so it's been so late having to manage here as a as a representation for us. Yeah, when we're talking about national coverage, people jumped on those uniforms. Mm -hmm. That was such a a massive positive point. I mean, I feel like the white the White Sox have been so fascinating this year from obviously they got all the preseason manager hiring hype slash criticism all in one and then there was a spike with the uniforms for some reason the, the play on the field is what doesn't seem to make it through that's mm. fair yeah i think i think that's fair um but one, I think for like a f a few decades, like the White Sox cap, the White Sox cap has been an underground like favorite mm -hmm. nationally. So when people think of the White Sox, they think of just the uniform, and oh man, that's a cool cap. Like that's a cool, you know, you know, uniform. I mean, as far back as NWA, <laughs> you know, like uh, it, it's a cultural piece. Um, that White Sox cap, but in terms of the on play on the field, it does get overlooked because again, when you think of Chicago and baseball, your brain automatically goes to the Chicago Cubs. Um, and, and that's due to what we've discussed, you know, before in terms of growing the fan base early on. <clears throat> um, but if you're not paying attention to this team, you know, now, 
this is probably this is the best team of you know my lifetime you know and and that even goes back to 05 and 06 where like i don't think anybody was expecting them to win the world series the 05 world series um it just kind of happened that way but this team has expectations like i don't remember well probably the lockout season they were supposed to be pretty good uh in the mid 90s um but since then i I don't remember a team having so much expectations to actually get it done um, on the White Sox side. And it's a, it's a different space. It's a different environment for not only for the organization, but for the fans to actually be a favorite or one of the favorites to, to win the world series. Like if, if people aren't paying attention to what's going on now, it's going to, I don't know what else to do. Like, I don't know what else they have to do to get national relevance um and i guess maybe that speaks to just baseball being just such a regional sport like if your team isn't in it then you're not really you know paying attention but if you are a a, a baseball fan and I, I don't claim to be a baseball fan i'm a white Sox fan um but if you do like baseball and you know what's going on around the league you have to be paying attention to the white Sox. absolutely they're stacked when you look at that pitching staff when you look at how they've dealt with all of these injuries and now having guys come back one by one, like they're formidable. Yeah. I like the, the parallels that you kind of drew out between the South side and this team being overlooked nationally or only, you know, when it comes to the South side pointing to, unfavorable statistics and this, that, and the other. And I feel like when you talk about Tim Anderson, he's even just strip away the White Sox. He himself has been a part of this kind of like back and forth potential. Like he was only an all-star this year as a replacement player. And he has been pushing forward the narrative of the, the league goes and does their whole let the kids play little uh, marketing campaign, whatever, but he's actually been the one of the guys at the forefront who's been pushing those unwritten rules and, and questioning them. And even in some ways doesn't get complete credit for that. Like people have moved on to other guys who are doing that uh, when he was really at the forefront. I mean, how, how do you think those three link together? Uh, yeah. Um, you know, it's not easy when you're on the front lines of changing something. And when Tim first came up, um, I think he was slowly recognizing the task that was before him specifically, um, that in order to make the impact that he wanted, he was going to have to be, there was nobody there to teach him how to do it. Right. Um, For the majority of his time as a White Sox, uh, he was, if I can remember, maybe one of, if not the only black player on the team. Um, So there's no like handholding in the, in the locker room of this is how you do it. This is Tim had to make his own way and make his own path. If you know it on this team and in the league. 
So as he grew into that, he started to recognize that a lot of people aren't going to like it. A lot of people in the league aren't going to like it. What he's he's on, and he's been willing to take that head on. Um, and obviously, like you mentioned, the league has since okay we like this maybe not you but tati's jr he, he's cool and you know so Otani, he's breaking some molds and stuff let's you know let's do that and you know there's tim anderson was like i was already here i've been doing this i was just the batting champ like what <laughs> what's going on to see but i don't think he i don't think is he's bitter about any of it like if he was if he looks back on it he started this or he was one of the first to start this this movement of you know changing the game and and how it's viewed and attacking the unwritten rules of baseball uh, head on. He's the first person to do it. even uh, his suspension. I don't know if you remember that you know, where he got in the argument and he used uh, uh, a term that got him suspended. Like I was all for that. I was all for everything Tim Anderson at that point because I knew what he was going up against. Because every every black person, I'm not going to say every black person, I probably shouldn't say that, but I'll just speak for me. I've been in spaces where I'm the only black person there. And I want my uh, experience and my thoughts to be whatever in the content that I'm creating or in the space that's not normally used to uh, black folks being there. Um I wanted to change the game in, in my sense in, in wherever spaces I was doing. So as Tim was going along, I was growing up with him. So that's another layer of connection that, you know, I feel with this White Sox team and Tim Anderson uh, specifically. But I think all in all, if Tim Anderson, and I'm sure he does this, if he thinks about, sits down and thinks about the, the path that he's on and the path that he started um, and then the continued you know, kind of overlooking and disrespect, I think it's just going to keep him motivated. And that's not a, there's no better mentality than, okay, you still going to forget about me. Okay. Watch this and just keep fighting and keep pushing that. That is, that is so South side. Like it's, it's excellent. Like nothing is handed to you. You got to go get it. I was at his little table during uh, all-star for anyone who hasn't, who doesn't know how all-star media is laid out. Basically, Every all-star from American League is set up at their own table. Same with National League. They swap in and out. Um, But I was there at Tim Anderson's table when someone asked him about the whole changing the game, whatever, and he kind of just laughed. He was like, well, I got suspended for for bat flipping. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's it's a continued fight. Like, change doesn't happen overnight, you know? Like, I mean, they just got good, like, in the last couple years. <laughs> so that's another layer to this. Like, not only do you have to be good in order to, you know, change narratives and change things, you also need success to back up what you're doing. And I think that's coming around now where not only are they individually talented, uh, this White Sox team, they're also having success overall as a team. And obviously the ultimate success and validation of everything that, you want to change and set a precedent for needs to go into winning, you know, a world series so that everybody knows that, yes, I can have a personality. Yes. I I can be myself. Yes. I can push back on unwritten rules and I can also lock in and win as well. Yeah, for sure. All right. 
Any last parting shots, hot takes, conspiracy theories? Any of the above? <laughs> <laughs> we log out here. Um. No, I mean, thanks. Well, thanks for having me. I appreciate the time. Um, I feel like a lot of people just think I'm just hot takey, you know, always looking for the joke guy. But no, like when it comes to like serious things and, and important things, um, like this conversation, you know, like representation. Like we always discuss that with, you know, women in the workplace, more minorities in, you know, in the workplace. This kind of files like underneath that kind of aspect for me in terms of White Sox representation, <laughs> where there, you know, there's there's not a lot of people wanting to discuss what that is and the different layers uh, that it has. And I'm glad I'm, I'm glad you brought this uh, this topic up, and I'm glad you're discussing it, Maddie. So thanks, thanks, just thanks again for having hot take Tony, you know, <laughs> be a part of that important conversation. No, thanks so much for for coming on. And I think you you bring up a really important point there. Um, when we're talking about the suspension, when we're when we look at the media that's covering all of baseball, but I mean, when we look at when we're talking about national media within the White Sox, I mean, a lot of the people who are reacting to Tim Anderson saying the N word. Um, are white men might not have any context for, you know, how he's using this term or whatever it may be. And that's, that can be said for so many different cases. And so, yeah, we, I mean, we absolutely not, obviously that's not to say that white men shouldn't be writing about these Mm -hmm. things when the media landscape looks like it does it should be addressed, but we end up getting the same take over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. And that's why representation is so important. In, yeah. And our, yeah, I mean, yeah, again, nobody's saying you can't write on these things as a, you know, white journalist, but if you want to do it well and you want to do it right with nuance and actual in-depth thoughts it just requires an extra layer of questioning and the extra layer of finding out the de- the finer details. Um, and some, some do that. Some actually put in the work, you, and you're not white, but, but you put in the work to understand, right? <laughs> to understand, to understand other cultures and other people. And it's not, I, I think you benefit more overall than just, well, how do I feel about this? All right, that's that's what I'm gonna go based on. And it's like, I mean, you could do that. Like a lot of people have made money doing that. But if you actually want to get the the truth, which I think all journalists and journalism is about, um, it just takes a, just another layer of, of of work to actually get the right things done and the right things written. Um, if you don't have that context, and the, the natural curiosity should lead you that way. You know, it's like, I have no clue about what's going on right now. I wonder what it is. Like, that should be the, your initial reaction. Let me listen. <laughs> right. <laughs> to, to, to writing. And if more people would do that, I think overall, I think the media would be viewed, I think, in a much better light. Yeah. Well said. All right. Thanks so much, Tom. Really appreciate you coming on. 
we'll make it happen again at some point. I don't know on what, but we'll make it happen. <laughs> hey, if you, need, if you need some hot takes and conspiracy theories, I got you. All right, all right. We'll, <laughs> we'll bring actual hot take Tony on at some point. <laughs> well, that'll about do it. And I know even with all that we talked about over however long those two discussions were, there's plenty more. And I know White Sox fans have been having this discussion for years. And we'll continue to have this discussion as their team keeps rising and the Cubs keep figuring out this rebuild that they're not calling a rebuild and we'll see what in the world happens this offseason. Meanwhile, the White Sox are in good position to not only obviously compete this year, but then carry some of that over into next year and keep that window, that championship window open. Really exciting time. Stoked to see how it plays out for the Sox. And thank you to you all for tuning in to this edition of More Than a White Man's Game on the House of L Podcast Network. Thank you to our incredible producer, Lawrence Holmes, who not only produces this podcast, but also started all of House of L. So thanks to him for that. All of you who tuned in this week. Really appreciate you listening and your support. Tell your friends, family, pets, grandparents, acquaintances, enemies, and we'll see you next time. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.